just to give you a bit of update what we've been up to so when lockdown started i really want to pull my hair out because i don't know what to do i can't see clients my, my job is to see them face to face what am i going to do now that i can't see them face to face and i love talking i mean you can tell can't you so we have to change everything to phone call to zoom and i was like i can't do those phone call how could i manage you know I can't see their face, I, I can't do any body language, I can't understand. And what, what about the documents? Everything just seems to be so out of control. I have no control. I was so scared. But you know what? God steps in in each and every situation. From January till now, we have um, five people that went debt-free and we're expecting another three to go debt-free if all goes as planned by June or July. Last year alone, we saw eight people who come to faith. And this year, just from January till now, we have two already come in faith. And we have run mental health, faith and, uh, and money seminar and we also run a budgeting course which was viewed by 225 people while we were um, viewing it live. We have, um, our earliest appointment is on 13th of July. So that is the brief, very brief update of what is happening in our debt centre. And as I was preparing today, it has been really, really hard for me. Do you know, to the point that I just want to shout at God, okay, go away, I don't want to talk to you, just go away. Because what I'm going to share today is not just it's not just for you, but it's also for me. I find it so challenging, but I want to share a picture first before we go into Isaiah 58. During this time, as I was preparing, I saw a door being opened. To us as Christians, we know about doors, God opened doors for you or door, God closed the door. But actually, I said, God, why are you showing me that door so wide open? I don't know what doors I want you to open. But actually, God asked me a, a different question altogether. He was asking me, will you open doors for somebody who are poor and oppressed? Would you open doors for people and give them a second chance? That is what God is challenging me while I was pre preparing this. So if, if you like to know how you could open doors for people, come and see me. One of the ways is to be my volunteer. Yeah? <laughs> that is a good way to recruit volunteers, don't I? Um, can we turn to Isaiah 58 verse... Says, oh, I love using my Bible. I did consider using digital, but I feel I should make a little bit of effort on a paper Bible. But the print is small. That doesn't say about my age. <laughs> okay. <laughs> then your salvation will come like dawn, and your wounds will quickly heal. Your godliness will lead you forward and the glory of the Lord will protect you from behind. Then when you call the Lord will answer, yes, I am here, he will quickly reply. Remove the heavy yoke of oppression. Stop pointing your finger and spreading vicious rumors. Feed the hungry and help those in trouble. Then your light will shine out from the darkness and the darkness around you will be bright as noon. The Lord will guide you continually, giving you water when you are dry and restoring your strength, you will be like a well-watered garden, like an ever-flowing spring. Some of you will rebuild the, des the, desert the deserted ruins of your cities. 
In Isaiah, he said, is it not to share your food with the hungry and provide the poor? I want to make a confession. It's not very normal I make a public confession. A few weeks ago, I saw S. He came to me because he wants me to help him to fill in a form, you know, a credit form. I, 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 I tried filling in that form for him because I have known him for a few years and he has skin conditions. I've known him for over two years and each time when he approached me, I said, I will pray for you. And I believe that God will heal you. And each time I pray, what happened? Nothing happened. He wasn't healed. I was so embarrassed. Each time I pray, nothing happened. I felt like I can bury my head in the sand. So when I, I have to ask him that question because I have to fill in the form. So I asked him the question. Virtually, I have prepared a hole in my head to bury my head. In my heart, I didn't expect that he would say anything different. What he told me next was something quite surprising. He said, oh, my skin condition it's very good now. Thank you for your prayers. Obviously, at that time, I'm not embarrassed. Actually, I felt really, really proud about it. I've, I've felt quite proud of myself. But there was that split moment that I was quite ashamed of the gospel. And I have to check my heart about, you know, why am I so ashamed of, of asking that question, is it okay? I have lived in the UK for 18 years now. Prior to that, I was living in Singapore. There were poor people and there were homeless people in, in Singapore. But they were all hidden in blocks of flats. And my sense of what was right to do was to donate money. When, they, when every year we have this community chess performance and you just donate money, it is so easy. Because giving money is easy if you are able to and it feels like you have done something. To me, in some ways, I felt I had done my duty and perhaps eased my social conscience. Even though I have a relationship with God, in theory, I didn't actually have a relationship because I have a hate knowledge. I don't have a heart knowledge. It is a double-edged sword. It was only when I moved to the UK that I started to explore what does suffering mean? What is my faith? What is my heart? and how God used suffering to help God. It, it, whatever I'm doing now, my work now, I saw a lot of injustice, I saw the poor, I saw the oppressed. I could walk away from God straight away. But then in my life, God has shown that he has not disappointed me. So I need to explore why is this happening? What can I do? And it, it made me wonder, how can the kingdom of God have people who are poor and, opp and oppressed. It really frustrates me, it makes me really angry. Many times I want to shout and question, is there really God? My word does sometimes shake me and I and ask, is there really God? Then I reflect on the Bible and the injustice that is in the Bible. For example, Joseph, he hasn't done anything wrong, but he was put in prison. He is a story of modern slavery, human trafficking. He was put in prison and waited for years to be released. Eventually, he saved the Israelites from famine. Jesus, miscarriage of justice. He was born poor. He was born, in, he was born poor and oppressed. A prophet is not welcome in their hometown. He was born in a manger. 
not even not even a curtains royal curtains or any big bang to welcome his birth his trial is the most miscarriage of justice his parents could only give two pigeons as offering and at that time the pigeon is for the poorest of the poor as a form of offering and when he went to Jerusalem it was on a borrowed donkey his trial was definitely a miscarriage of justice he was oppressed he was not just an example of being poor and oppressed he died for no reason that is injustice before Jesus died for us you and I are probably spiritually bankrupt but he came to save us in Isaiah 58 God speaks to the believers God asks us to lose the chains of the injustice share the food with the hungry Isaiah 1 care for the poor and the oppressed Isaiah 3 14 15 14 to 15 Isaiah sees the state of his nation he measures it against the injustice mercy holiness and love of God and find it desperately wanting if you do not know by now Isaiah is my favorite book of the Bible and again it doesn't reflect my age and not sure about you by the time I finished reading Isaiah at this stage I felt very guilty if I've not served the poor and the oppressed but you know what there is good news there is hope because in Jesus there is hope I want to share the story of Sharon I met Sharon I love her dearly through the food bank and Pat will probably know about Sharon as well she was not in a good state when we saw her her mom was diagnosed with dementia she was laden with that and she had challenges with her children she was depressed and her only way out was through insolvency she did come to faith and each time I pray for her guess what happened her situation just got worse and worse and worse again each time I was ashamed and I was shaken like God how can it be he she come to faith you I pray for her things hasn't happened but Sharon was very gracious she said we will continue to pray after a year things did turn around from a position of hopelessness it turned to hope her way out of that from insolvency to repayment she shall be debt free probably by this time next year if not even earlier so many of the people that I've seen who are poor and oppressed yes I'm helping them but they are helping me to learn about my faith and strengthen my faith in God imagine if we are in in heaven now do you think in heaven it is full of rich people or do you think that in heaven that will be the poor and the oppressed what about the lost prayers we say if the prayer says on earth as in heaven so we need to leave the kingdom of God on earth now having Jesus in our heart is not a hate knowledge it is about our heart relationship with him we are saved by grace our grace has to be accompanied by actions James 2 26 for as the body apart from the spirit is dead so also faith apart from words is dead James 2 18 but someone will say you have faith and I have works show me your faith apart from your words and I will show you my faith by my works James 1 22 but be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourself 
James 2.22, you see that faith was active along with his work and faith was completed by his words. You see, that very moment when I questioned God, the very moment that I was ashamed of the gospel, that I thought it might not work, I didn't believe that all things are possible in God. Just now, what did my mother sing? The gospel, of, the gospel is the hope of the nation. It cannot just be a hate knowledge, it has to be hard. We need to be transformed from there. A couple of weeks ago, Manuela spoke about the kingdom of God and she said, we need to leave the kingdom like now. So in God's kingdom, there shouldn't be the poor or the oppressed. We are called to be change makers. Last week, Auntie Howe talked about peace. We are called to be peacemakers. I say we are called to be the change makers peacemakers, the salt and the light of the world. We are the culture architects of the society. We need to be the culture architects of the society where, you know, our society is broken. They need people like us. The kingdom of God is about fellowship, family, kinship. It's not just hate knowledge. It's about relationship, fellowship and kinship. In Isaiah 6, 1, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord, high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. The comparison between his presence and his God is unbearable, Isaiah. And in verse 5, he cries out, Woe to me, I cried, I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among the people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hands, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. With it, he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And I said, Here I am, send me. From who to me, I am room to hear I am, send me, all in the space of one paragraph. Isaiah actually thought that his disencounter with the holiness of God would consume him, that he was finished. But instead, in this encounter where Isaiah's eyes see the king, he is profoundly changed. So we should be profoundly changed by Jesus. Something of God's heart and character starts to profoundly impact Isaiah's thinking. What about us? We were spiritually bankrupt until Jesus died on that cross. We need that to change us. And so the voice of God comes, and Isaiah looks again at heaven around him. He looks again at himself. Should we look again at ourselves? And when God says, who shall I send? Will we respond, here I am, send me. You saw the video of Mike. He struggled with his mental health but we have supported him in his journey of debt free. Food Bank gave him a chance to volunteer. And that grows him. He helps him with his confidence and helps him to improve his mental health. And through us, he has hope and he's able to live again. Jeremiah 29, seven, the welfare of the city is in our hands. And if we look after their welfare, our welfare will be taken care of. The stories of Sharon, the story of Mike that you hear this morning is a result of us, us together as a family.
coming together to serve and love the community. It is not just the work of Christina at the CAP Centre, or it's not just for Duncan and Andy or the trustee to do their job. It is not just confined to a particular group of people, or not just to confine to the food bank to feed the poor. Each and every one of us has the responsibility. And the truth is, the hope of our country, the hope of our borough, the hope in our lives is centred only on one person. And that one person only, and his name is Jesus. We are created for significance. COVID is not going to define who we are or our destiny. The world can remind you of your limitations, but our God will tell us our possibilities. The world can tell you your limitations, what you can do. But our God is a God of possibilities because you are created for significance. Our community, our country and our lives can only be transformed by Jesus. The hope of the borough is transformed by ordinary people like you and me responding to what God's plans are for us, calling out our destiny. It is not just done to a group of people. Every good things come from Him. He is our source and our center. We can only transform our lives and the borough with Jesus. Our future, our community is not in the hands of the politicians or anybody else. We do have responsibilities too. Isaiah verse 8, whom shall I send and who will go for us? Amen, Maria, thank you. Maria just said I am, so she's responding. <laughs> I want to ask you this morning, is God knocking on your heart and asking whom shall I send and who will go for us? Is he inviting you to recognize the need to have a fresh perspective to see past the closed doors and drawn curtains as you travel home? Would you be generous to open the doors for people who are poor and oppressed and give them a second chance? What is God saying to you? What is God's heartbeat? What is your heart? When I say what is your heart, it includes me as well. God might have given us some of us dreams that we have put aside. Do they need rethinking and being looked at again? For some of us, we may have been hiding away from challenges, too afraid to face them. Do we need to face up to those challenges again? Shall you and I respond to whom shall I send? Seeking to see our community change, bring hope to every corner of our borough with love and hope and bring restoration of lives, allowing our community to witness Jesus stepping into the community in divine love. And let's come together to, re to rewrite the story of the broken and hurting hearts in our community. Each one of us is called to look again. And we are asked to respond to the need in our community and in our own lives. Here I am, send me. Do you know, sometimes you might think that, how am I going to respond? I, I, I am so busy. Do you know, if you like to be a life changer, if that is the way you can do it, come and speak to me. Or if you want to be a volunteer with, with CAP, that you are more than welcome. But I just want to say this in closing. 
The world can remind you of your limitations, but God will remind you you are created for significance and shall remind you of the many possibilities and God is a God of possibilities. Can I just close in prayer? Yeah. Father God, I, I just pray Lord that thank you for the doors that you have opened for us. I pray each one of us will respond to how you want us to respond. I pray Lord that we will know how to open doors of generosity out for people, be it in time, in love, and I just pray, Lord, that as we respond to you, I pray, Lord, that our relationship with you is not just a head knowledge, but a heart knowledge that we will be, we shall be transformed because you gave your one and only son, Jesus, to die on, our, on the cross to give us a second chance. I pray, Lord, that we will give the people around us that are suffering a second chance too. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.